Welcome back. It's the Brady Farkas Show right here on a Thursday on WDEV, AM and FM, and WDEVradio.com. Going up until 6-10 tonight, and then we have the conclusion of the big three-game set in Tampa between the Red Sox and Rays. Sox a half game up on Tampa, even despite losing yesterday 8-2. Breaking all of that down with us and more right now on the phone line is Alex Spear of the Boston Globe. He's the author of a book on the 2018 Red Sox championship team called Homegrown, which is a great read. Alex, appreciate you being with us. How are you? I'm good, thanks. How about you, Brady? Good. Appreciate you being with me. Long time no talk. Uh, before we get to the Red Sox, I want to get to an article you wrote this week in the Boston Globe about Vermont high school baseball sensation Owen Kellington out of U32, which is right down the road from where we sit right now at this radio station. Uh, he had a dominant season, helped U32 win the state championship, and may get drafted in next month's uh, Major League Draft. What prompted you, an author at the Boston Globe, to want to write about Vermont high school baseball prospects? In talking to scouts about what's, uh, what's a very, very good class of, uh, of baseball prospects coming out of New England this year, I had a number of them telling me that for the first time in their lives, and we're talking about people who had spent decades scouting at this point, they had gone to Vermont mm. to scout a player. Uh, and, you know, it was... It was kind of like a scouting bucket list thing for some of them. Uh, a couple of guys, a couple of different guys with more than 30 years in the game, told me that uh, they that Vermont represented the 49th state on their uh, on their checklist, and uh, and so the, that there was um, that there was a prospect sufficiently compelling to draw scouts out uh, out to Vermont, which is really you know uh, you it's it's different it's to other kind of baseball hotbeds, right? Like you have to make it a destination very intentional uh, if you're going to go to find a player there. Um, the, the fact that uh, that Owen Kellington was managing to do this as a senior at U32, um, I thought seemed kind of interesting, and I wanted to check out the uh, check out the environment. Um, you know, see if I saw a left-handed shortstop uh, in the game where I was playing, which you know doesn't usually happen, um, and uh, you know just to see the environment. Uh, that uh, that Kellington had created, and of course to see um, you know to see someone who had been uh, who had put himself on the map um, to, to get a feel for exactly why why he had managed to accomplish that. You know the stats that you illuminated in your piece are incredible. I mean, 147 outs gotten this season, 133 of them by strikeout. That's amazing in and of itself. Um, what did you see of Owen Kellington when you saw him in person? Well. It's it's a little bit tricky to uh, to get a, a perfect um, to get a perfect evaluation of him because it's it's really hard for guys who have never seen ninety miles an hour uh, to hit against a guy who's sitting at 90, 92 miles an hour with uh, with the curveball that moves in a way uh, that they've never seen. So uh, you know, I saw I, I saw someone who was to get uh, against the competition that he was facing, and there there are a couple of things that stood out. The fact that he does have uh, that he did have velocity that he was able to sustain over uh, over the course of seven innings uh, while continuing to compete really really well um, through uh, through that entire uh, through that entire outing where he he recorded the first eighteen uh, he retired the first eighteen batters by strikeout yeah. um, and uh, it, so in, in addition to uh, in addition to the obvious velocity and uh, and the nice breaking ball um, the, he he also the ball. In addition to velocity, he has extension. He uh, he has a really nice delivery, kind of you know long, you know really you really pushes off the rubber well in order to get on batters on on get on top of batters. 
uh, in a way that may allow that fastball to play up. So um, it's, he's a promising arm. He obviously uh, has a lot of potential development in front of him. Um, but you know, it's the type of it's the type of talent that uh, it's not hard for uh, for baseball front offices or player development departments to think, oh, this is this is there's there's a lot to work with here. He's committed to UConn, and UConn a place that has put out good baseball players, including Matt Barnes of the Red Sox, George Springer, of course. So um, a good future awaits him at UConn. But we're all trying to figure out that if he gets drafted, if he'll go there or if he'll uh, head the pro route. I know he told you he hasn't made up his mind yet. I read between the lines, and I basically was like, if he gets drafted high enough, he's gone. How did you take it? Yeah, I think that that's usually the case. Or at least if he's offered a signing bonus that's uh, that's you can maybe the team would take him a little bit later in the draft and give him a signing bonus that was commensurate with an early round pick, uh, and in, in which case it might be compelling for him to uh, to go start his pro career. I, I, but he's he's obviously interested in that possibility. There's a reason why he's at uh, MLB's first draft combine right now uh, down in North Carolina um, and putting himself on the map of uh, of various of, of of front offices everywhere. Alex Spear, the Boston Globe, with us here on the Brady Farkas Show on WDEV, AM and FM, and WDEVradio.com. The piece on Owen Kellington came out just a couple of days ago. It was great. I encourage you to go and read it. Um, I do want to move to the Red Sox because I am fascinated by the tweet you put out last night on Garrett Richards. You know, he was knocked around again yesterday as the Sox lost to Tampa. Uh, explain your tweet on Garrett Richards' spider tack and spin rate because it, it pretty much blew my mind. I didn't mention anything about spider tech. I just want to clarify that. Uh, we, Garrett Richards has made it pretty clear that, <laughs> that he, he's been using something to enhance his, you know, to, to help his grip with baseball and it's contributed to his spin rate. Uh, he's, he's always had this ridiculous pitching superpower, which is to say top of the shelf spin rate on his four seam ball, his curveball and his slider throughout his career. But, um, now we're, we're left to, we're left to wonder, uh, whether or not that was real or, you know, whether or not that was artificial. He still has a high spin rate, but it's not like the super elite among Major League Baseball players anymore. Um, and so Garrett Richards, uh, since Major League Baseball, in, in his last couple of starts, he's, he has kind of acknowledged that he's had to adjust what he's doing on the mound because he's no longer able to use uh, certain foreign, quote-unquote, foreign substances that it helps him uh, grip a baseball in, uh, in his pitching past. Uh, for, for for the first nine and a half years of his career. So um, as a result of losing substances that help with grip and theoretically command and control, uh, he's also lost a lot of spin rate. His uh, his curveball yesterday um, uh, was down by about 500 RPMs. So that's roughly a drop of I want to say about 15 to 20 percent in terms of uh, in terms of his spin rate. That is a massive spin rate drop. His uh, his fastball and slider. Likewise, lost a couple hundred RPMs, about 10%, you know, about, oh, 8 to 10% of their spin rate um, in the absence of whatever he had been using to help, his, uh, to help his grip on the ball in the past. And he hasn't been able to locate his, cur- his breaking pitches for strikes at all in these last couple of outings, especially yesterday. He tried to throw his curveball. He hadn't done that in the previous outing. Didn't even bother trying. This time he threw 11. Three of them were strikes. And, you know, he missed the zone badly with a number of them. The, again, the spin rate was down massively. It's still above average, but down massively. And he's obviously struggling to command it. He was struggling to command it to, to throw his slider for strikes as well. Threw more balls than strikes with his slider. 
And if you're a guy who only has a fastball, that all of a sudden you're struggling to locate and you don't have any breaking balls, um, then it's really, really hard for you to be a starting pitcher in the big league. So Garrett Richards at the tender age of 32 needs to figure out <laughs> needs to figure out something new in order to be a major league pitcher, uh, an effective major league pitcher. It's uh, it's it's he as, as much as anyone in major league baseball, he seems to be affected by this foreign substance change in enforcement. Tonight is a huge game in Game 3 of the series against the Rays, but it ushers in also tomorrow or weekend series with the Yankees. Talk to me a little bit about Dustin Pedroia Day at Fenway. Do we know what's happening on Friday? Because this one, I don't know why, it kind of snuck up on me. Yeah, it's uh, they, they, they decided to honor him um, just in the, last, uh, in the last few weeks. They, made it, they announced plans. Once they knew that they would have the opportunity to have full capacity at Fenway, that was what they'd been holding out for. Uh, in order to uh, in order to have his retirement recognized, uh, I don't know the details of it, but I, I do know that I've been spending the last few days um, digging into a bunch of stories about <laughs> uh, about the origins of the laser show. Yeah. Um, a lot of the time spent before he got to the major leagues, and just to remember how outlandishly absurd and fun it was to see the emergence of this like tiny force of nature um, who no one could make any sense of he broke every scouting database there was because there wasn't any there was not a parallel to be drawn with a guy who was you know who was as small as him uh and who played like him and who had the skills that he did it was um just a you know he's his, his career is kind of ridiculous and extraordinary um and a lot of you know it there, there was a lot of uh, at, at the outset of it so much of it was motivated by this like extraordinary competitive motor and like his just disgust that the scouting industry had failed to recognize him for the player that he was. And, you know, he, he was awfully determined to prove that he was better than just about anyone else in his 2004 draft class when he went 65th overall to the Red Sox. And in the end, uh, I believe that he ranks second in career wins above replacement among players taken in the 2004 draft behind only Justin Verlander. Hmm. Well, pretty amazing stuff. Excited to see him honored on Friday. Alex, I'll get you out of here on this. Um, obviously, we, we want people to to listen to Red Sox baseball on WDEV, but if they are watching Red Sox baseball on Nesson, they see your tweets constantly across the screen, and sometimes we'll see on Nesson outside of the game broadcast as your alter ego, Stat Masterson. Where did this <laughs> alter ego come from? As as most things do, it's that's a straight X phenomenon, and uh, what a cool thing <laughs> it is for me that you know that I've I've been given a, I've been uh, I've been knighted with an X nickname with an Xism. That's uh, that's that's pretty much the coolest thing that I could hope for uh, in my career. But uh, but yeah, X just one day kind of declared me Stat Masterson, which is uh, a reference to uh, a reference to I, I believe a 1950s uh, TV show. Um, that featured a character uh, that featured a character named, uh, named maybe Bat Masterson, <laughs> um, and there was a whole theme song associated with it. But that just kind of one day looked at me and he was like, "Man, you're Bat Masterson," <laughs> and uh, he's stuck with it. And uh, and I, I feel uh, speaking, you know, you talk about hilarious and outlandish. Like that's I I I, I really really enjoy the fact um, and am amused by the fact that uh, that. I've been able to have this conversation with Eck for a while. Well, I'm glad you got the Stat Masterson treatment instead of the Eck on Ryan Yarborough treatment as the other night because that was the <laughs> harshest I've ever heard any broadcaster on any player ever. 
That was uh, that was pretty direct. I think that it certainly surpassed the uh, surpassed the uh, the yuck uh, label that was uh, that resulted in uh, in all kinds of mayhem back in 2017. But uh, but yeah, I mean, look, Eck is the the beauty of of X, uh, of really Eck and Remy uh, are that they they don't pull punch. They're pretty direct and they're not afraid to be uh, to be critical of the game because they love the game and they want to see they they hold people to a high standard. They want to see good baseball. Um, and, you know, that makes them very relatable. Alex Spear, the Boston Globe, with us here on the Brady Farkas Show. Alex, appreciate your work on the Red Sox. Appreciate your work as Stat Masterson. Appreciate the story on Owen Kellington. Any uh, any day where Vermont gets on the uh, Boston Globe sports section is a good day. So, Alex, we appreciate it. My pleasure, Brady. Thanks for having me on.